You are listening to episode number six of The Love Noteworthy Show. Welcome to The Love Noteworthy Show, the guide to leading your life with passion, purpose, perspective, and prosperity. Each week, we feature entrepreneurs, influencers, game changers, and change makers who provide powerful strategies for creating a remarkable first impression that leaves a lasting impact in your business, career, community, and personal life. So come join us as we transform your mindset and teach you the lessons you want and need to become Love Noteworthy. They say that a great relationship is with someone who accepts your past, supports your present, and encourages your future. But what happens if you're in bed together with somebody both in your personal life and your professional life? My name is Reese, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Megan Pangan, and she is the owner and founder of Love and Entrepreneurship, which is a fantastic website that focuses on working and living and creating with your partner. Now, Megan has a very unique story herself in that she's a former hazmat inspector turned lifestyle entrepreneur and fellow podcaster. And in this episode today, we focus on a number of things, including the difference between influence and manipulation and how manipulation is a terrible word choice for things. Setting boundaries in your business life in order to make sure that your personal life is not being affected separating business from pleasure or leisure and how to create that separation and the importance of relationship checkups and how you can go about doing those. So regardless of if you are in business with your partner or spouse or you simply have a business partner, all of the lessons that Megan provides us today are very relevant to any kind of business relationship. So with that, I bring you episode number six of the Love Noteworthy show featuring Megan Pangan. Welcome back everyone to the Love Noteworthy podcast. I'm your host, Reese, and today we are getting down and dirty with former hazmat specialist turned host of Love and Entrepreneurship, Megan. I cannot say your last name. Pan Gan. Gan. That's Pan Gan. Okay. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> so, thank you so much for being on, Megan. I really appreciate you spending the time to be here. Definitely, Reese. I'm I'm so happy that you reached out, and I'm incredibly flattered with everything that we've talked about so far. So, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Shout outs to Naveed. Thanks for hooking us up. I mm-hmm. like immediately knew that I would fall in love with this wonderful woman. Um, oh. Looking at her videos and listening to some of our podcasts. But anyways, uh, today we're going to dive deep into talking about insights on how you can, I don't know how to say it, like co-create and procreate with your partner or like, (laughs) in other words, lead a happy, healthy business. I ain't procreating nothing over this business. (laughs) (laughs) One day, maybe. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) I was like, what? What? So in other words, just, uh, working um, and living your life with your significant others. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. But before we do that, um, I'm really interested in hearing about how you got into your super sexy career as a hazmat specialist and kind of transitioned mm-hmm. out into the entrepreneurship world. Goodness. Yeah, it was so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually fell into it. So I got a letter in the mail. It was thick as hell. And I was like, what the heck is this? And I open it and they're like, oh, you qualify to be a hazmat specialist 
um, you know, one or whatever. And I was like, is this a joke? So I showed it to my dad and he was like, um, no, this is real. You should apply because you need a job. And I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> I applied and then like three months of like interviews and waiting went by and I finally got the job and I was like 23 at the time. And so I was like over the moon. I was like, hey, I'm making $25 an hour. Hey. And then uh, I did that. And I thought that was what I was supposed to do. I thought, you know, I was supposed to get a job with the county and get, you know, amazing benefits and then be set. And then I was done. Little did I know. Yeah. What? Oh, sorry. I was going to say, maybe I'm like really confused and it's like a Canadian thing or something because I'm from (laughs) Canada, but I don't even know what a hazmat specialist does. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. A hazmat specialist um, goes around to small businesses and big businesses and sees if they are handling hazardous materials and waste properly. So you can't be, you know, dumping your shit in the, um, the, uh, like the gutter and stuff like that. You can't throw this and that away. You can't handle like, you know, certain gases or whatever. So all that stuff, we just inspect businesses Mm -hmm. for handling. That's all we do. So sexy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of cool, but it wasn't for me in the end. Um, met a lot of cool people. Mm -hmm. Um, really, really like, it was so painful because I had to commute to this job, which was, you know, about three hours total every single day. Oh and days were like 10 hours a day, you know. So it was just really painful on me and, and the relationship. And I was like, I need to get out of this. So I started like watching the Zeitgeist movies, if you've ever heard of that. And that's where they oh, tell no. you that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you know. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, they're all against me. And then I read um, For Our Work Week. <laughs> And that changed my attitude a bit. I was like, oh, okay. But then I was angry too. And I was angry at like, you know, oh, I've been told this lie that I need to do this and I'm supposed to be this when really I could have just, you know, been myself and made a, you know, a living from that. And um, it was so like crazy. I was so angry, but then kind of inspired at the same time. Like I quit right after I read that, read that book. And I was like, yeah, I had no plan. What was no the biggest plan. takeaway that you had from Four Hour Work Week? The biggest takeaway: yeah. everything that is popular is wrong, and I love that quote. I don't know if he, you know, if Tim made that up or I forget, but everything that is popular is wrong, and it just made me question everything. And just to always kind of check in with my heart and my own head and my own feelings and my own emotions when when things are happening around me, because I've always kind of been like a floater, just yeah. floating yeah. through life. And it always felt like I didn't have control and it, I just always felt meek and timid and very unstrung, unsexy um, until I read that book and I was just so empowered and it really, really changed my life and now I'm here. So Okay, so you quit your job after reading 4-Hour Work Week, which is crazy, <laughs> but it's crazy awesome. Um, yeah. And then uh, after that point, did you start working with your partner or did you do some soul searching? So much of both. Um, (laughs) The reason why I was a little bit more like easy to jump ship was because my husband's saying, um, you know, you know, our photography business is, you know, taken off. So maybe, you know, you could do that while you figure yourself out. And at that time, we didn't realize the weight of that statement because we were really young. We were I was probably like 26 at the time. Mm -hmm. And we're still figuring it out, still figuring out each other, still figuring out, you know, living together and running a business together. And now I was going to go off and try to find something of my own. And we were just really naive. But at the same time, we had this overarching idea 
that we were creating something great together and we wanted to be a part of whatever that was. And so we had a lot of a lot of soul searching more on my part because I was starting something new. He was already kind of established in his you know, wedding photography business. Yeah. So it was kind of like, OK, what am I what am I doing? Am I just you know, working for my husband or what? Like I had to figure that out and kind of draw those lines for me and then communicate that to my husband so that he didn't also feed off that energy of me feeling like I'm working under him, which was so demeaning for me. But I, it was me that put myself in that position. It wasn't until I stepped up and said, Hey, we're, we're partners. We're equal. And he's like, yeah, I've always I've always thought of that. You just seem very cold and, you know, weird. And I don't want to talk to you because you're weird and cold. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it was just me. You know, I'm, I need to change my attitude. And that's where a lot of soul searching came in. But yeah, definitely a bunch of both. Yeah, I find that pretty much what you said is so interesting. Like over the past year, I've really been conscious or trying to be more like self-aware of if other people are thinking the things that I think they're thinking or if it's just me <laughs> making that up in my head. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. And so, so like if somebody gives you a weird look or something, it could just be because they're like thinking about something or zoned out or just like, I don't know, uncomfortable oh, yeah. about something else and it has no reflection on you whatsoever or same thing right. like that. But um, yeah, so I can imagine working, well, I personally have not worked uh, full-time with a partner before so tell me a bit about the dynamic of kind of spending every waking hour together <laughs> at the beginning. well that's the thing we we try not to because um we we kind of did that and and before it was like yeah it's every waking minute and hour together uh we create separation because like i believe that a healthy relationship is you being you you know, the best you that you can be and that other piece, person being the best person that they can be. And then you come together and you create something, you know, freaking awesome. And so it just it took a while. We always had that kind of, you know, statement above us or at least above me uh, when our relationship was first starting out and when it was going through a lot of the rough and rocky stages of like um, overstepping boundaries. And a lot of times, you know, being that we're both wedding photographers, um, like we're both creatives, we wanted to put a stamp on everything. Like this is mine. I created this. Mm -hmm. And we would compete almost. There was this underlying competition between us, which was really destructive to our relationship because if, if I wasn't given credit or if I wasn't being um, consulted or yeah, what else? Um, Just all these like little things that kind of happen when you work with somebody else um, you get butt hurt because you're not having the conversations, right? Yeah. You're not having the, the like rules, the separation, the boundaries. And so when we finally did that, which was very recent, like last year, I was like, let's set up some boundaries. Let's set up a safe zone. And this kind of came from reading um, Brad Feld's Startup Life, I think, or something like that. Um, he's like a really big guy, dude. Whatever. But I read that it was on relationships and how to run, you know, relationships better. And the first thing was to set up safe zones. Like, it's okay for you to talk to me. And I remember before, my husband would tell me, you know, I was afraid to talk to you because I was afraid you're going to rip my head off. And that broke my heart. Because mm-hmm. it, it meant that I had been running our relationship like a tyrant. And, you know, I had to own up to that. And I had to say, I'm sorry that I, that I made you feel that way, that you couldn't come to me. And that, you know, all that while we were creating this divide between us. 
And from that conversation, we finally were like, hey, we're ne- well, I'm not going to leave you because <laughs> that was like the ultimate fear, right? She'll leave me if, if I say something, if yeah. I step out of line. Um, I told him, I'm not going to leave you for, for talking to me. I'm never going to leave you for talking to me. And then finally, like when that got through his head, because we've been together for nearly five years at that point, um, things just kind of relaxed and we were okay around each other. And we could actually discuss things instead of argue and fight and be incredibly tense and like hot, physically hot from from having these discussions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Yeah. I'm so with you on that. Like I, for my the last, I don't know, my entire life until the last like year or two in like relationships, whether it be friendships or like in a business environment or with a partner have always like kind of pushed things under the rug. You know what I mean? Mm. And yes. I just am so much of an advocate of just like being upfront and like setting expectations from the beginning now and yes. just being really open and honest because at the end of the day, of the day if they really care about you then they're going to listen and have those conversations and may not agree necessarily but at least like respect what you're saying most definitely yeah that again it's like we have these like crazy thoughts in our minds that are like oh they're gonna stop being friends with me or they're gonna like do this or that and ultimately by not saying anything it's creating that like deeper divide instead of yes. just dealing with it and moving on. so Yeah, most definitely. And, and Kevin had been so patient with me. So I have to thank him. Every day I thank him for being patient. Girls because crazy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just saying, like, as a girl, I'm like, girls are freaking crazy. Yeah, we are crazy. And, um, you know, like, I'm sure, like, birth control had to contribute to that at some point. <laughs> He's like, you're weird on that stuff. <laughs> I'm like, for okay. Sure, <laughs> Um, okay, so how did the how did your blog start then? Like the love and entrepreneurship, like how did you decide to focus on that for your website and podcast and everything that you're working on online right now? Oh my god, it's such a story. So in the beginning, um, I actually called it Bells and Bounty. Don't don't ask me. Okay, just <laughs> okay. I, I was like. And then when I was trying to, like, interview people before, like, you know, under the guise of the Bells and Bounty show, they're like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, well, it's kind of like having to do with, like, you know, love and stuff. They're like, why don't you call it love? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I felt really afraid of changing names and changing things because I thought, well, I already said it. So now I have, like, kind of like my pride wrapped up in it. Like, you know, this yeah, shall yeah. be. And uh, I was so afraid to stray and to change in the in the very beginning. And this was like maybe a little less than two years ago. And then I started to get coaching. So Greg Hickman of MobileMix.com, he reached out to me and he was like, hey, can I coach you? <laughs> like, like, you need it? Um, I was like, sure, man, of course. And uh, after that, things really started to happen. I really started to like get outside of my comfort zone and start asking for help and start meeting people and start being friendly, um, (laughs) start being myself because I was just so wrapped up in all of this old turmoil, Um, you know, like a lot of old wounds that have made me this weird, different person. But after, you know, being coached by Greg for a good like three months um, and then we went to New Media Expo and he introduced me to a bunch of people there, um, like things just kind of took off from there. So I really have to thank him because he he forced me to get out of my head and and talk about all the like weird interpersonal issues that I was dealing with that was limiting me from from changing and from transforming and mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. 
Yeah, limiting beliefs are definitely a huge thing. Like, I'm such an advocate of having, like, business and life coaches. Oh, my God. Yes. They move mountains for you, I swear. Well, mental block mountains. (laughs) I I love, you know, when I can just collect mentors every now and again, like, they just come at the right time, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's so awesome because, like, I I get so excited because I know, like, shit's going to go down right now. Something's going to change. Something cool is going to go happen. And I am. I'm ready to go. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so <laughs> tell me about the relaunch of your new site, and um, for the listeners that don't know, can you give us a kind of your sales pitch, so to speak, of what it's all about and what people should expect if they're checking you out? Mm, okay, so um, it's kind of funny because love the Love and Entrepreneurship podcast is ending um, oh. in about one week. <laughs> in one week, we'll have the last episode. We're going to send off that podcast into a, you know, flaming glory. And we're going to welcome in the new podcast, the new show that's going to be launching September 16th, which is called Get in the Lab with Kevin and Megan. So finally, my husband's going to come on board and co-host with me. Um, Yeah, so it's also going to be, it's just going to be about overcoming the struggle of running a business together. Along with that, of course, you're going to get to know us um, you're going to get to see inside our lives. Kevin, for once, is going to be getting up on screen, on the mic. And I know it's really going to push him outside of his comfort zone. But he's like, you know, I need to grow. And um, I'm I'm ready to do this. And I was so proud of him for oh, doing that. Because that, like sec- that was like my secret dream. I was like, <laughs> oh, man, I want, I want Kevin to come on because he's yeah. so shy. Like, I want him to be more... Camera. Yeah, I want him to be more comfortable with himself and, and to kind of really feel the joy that I feel when I'm I'm interacting with you like on this podcast and putting myself out there and just being me. Like it's so liberating. I want him to feel that same liberation. Cool. That's so rad. So are you two going to be mainly just doing discussions on different topics or are you going to be interviewing people? Yeah, we're going to be um, – sorry? Combination? <laughs> combination. Yeah, combination. <laughs> uh, we're going to be interviewing people. I've already had like three people like um, 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 like email me for you know, a request of interview. I was like, cool, man. I'm, I'm launching a new show. I'll, I'll hit you up in a couple of weeks. So that's great. But other than that, we're going to keep it. There's going to be no rules. So for me to get Kevin on the show, uh, I had to make it really easy for him. I didn't want to scare him, right? So... Um, you know, knowing my partner more than ever now, um, I had to kind of like strategically create uh, an atmosphere in which he could just be himself, come in super easy, you just talk, and then leave. (laughs) And then I take care of everything else. (laughs) So um, that's fine, because I I enjoy it. But um, I think by doing that, like, it'll create that momentum that I want him to, to kind of take with me when the show is first launching. Um, but yeah, definitely both. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So I have some questions for you in relation mm-hmm. to working with your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us uh, t- like your top three tips for separating business and pleasure or leisure for couples mm-hmm. who are in bed together, pun intended with their significant <laughs> others? Oh, man. So pun intended, please don't talk about business right before bed. Because <laughs> Kevin used to do that all the time. Like we would it would be like freaking 12 at midnight. And we're, we're getting ready. We're, you know, shutting it down. And then, you know, he would lie there and then be like, so I, I want to talk about like our lifestyle. <laughs> 
And I'm like, really? Right now? <laughs> right now we're going to – and I could tell that this is going to lead into an argument. And this was before, right? Yeah, yeah. And like already, already my body's getting hot. I'm getting bothered. I'm, I'm getting that kind of like quiver in my voice. Yeah. <laughs> you know those hot flashes that you get so um, that are, you know, premature. So I was like, man, you know, you can't, you can't bring this up, you know, it's fine. We can talk about it like, you know, when we're both awake and like yeah. <laughs> sober and, uh, you know, not about to go to sleep. Um, another thing is, you know, set up an atmosphere that is safe to talk. I think that was like, you know, I, I discussed earlier, that was really important for us. You know, when you, when you know it's okay, you know, you set up the boundary, you say, you know what, these are, these are the things. These are the only things that I'm going to walk away from you from infidelity. And like, if you are violent, okay, that's it. Everything else, we can work it out. So there's no reason why you can't come to me. We never had that conversation until, you know, five years later. Yeah, yeah. And why not? I don't know. We were afraid. But I mean, um, and then, it's definitely not uncommon. Like I would say yeah. more oftentimes than not when I'll have conversations with my girlfriends about people they're dating or whatnot, like that's communications always like the number one issue. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. It's 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 really key. When I used to like interview people on my show, and um, it got kind of boring though, because everybody goes, "Oh yeah, communication. That's number one." But they don't really say anything, and they didn't give me really raw, you know, authentic answer. And yeah. I think you know that moment right there that we had, because he thought I was going to leave him, and that was a really that was a very real fear to him. Like he told that to his guy friends, like. Oh, I can't say that. She'll leave me. Like, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, even say, like saying that right now to you on the podcast, that gives me a little bit of a, a chill and a down heart because I created that. Like, I created that reality for us. Yeah. And so that's why I'm so adamant about, like, you know what? Say what you want to say. And I'm very, you know, calm about it now. I used to get so angry um, just because we were having this, like, discussion about our relationship uh, because I feared it, but now I'm like, yes, we're having conversations about our relationship. Like, oh, we're having relationship talks. That means we're going to get to a better, a better, like, you know, a, a better place yeah, emotionally. Yeah. Definitely, if you're framing it that way, it makes it a lot easier to initiate those kind of conversations too, right? So. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Sorry, and then Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Lastly, I think it's I think it's so important. And Kevin started this because he's such a he's super romantic. Like the second day that we got together, he had candles on the floor and was singing like on guitar and like he's really romantic. He's like in, from the movies, right? And I was like, oh my god. Uh, but anyway, have a set day that's truly yours together. We we call them month anniversaries, anniversaries. So every tenth of every month, we drop what we're doing. Most of the time. <laughs> and we plan, we plan a date together. You know, whether it's like a simple dinner at home that's special, like, oh, we're having, you know, beef cheek, which is one of his favorite, like, meals. Or we'll go see the ballet. We just went to go see the ballet the other day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's such a planner. But, you know, having that consistently for the last seven years, um, be like, we drop everything when it's detected and we do something, has made us, like, you know, sweeter to each other throughout the years and to remember to be sweet and nice to each other and loving um, because we're entrepreneurs and we love to hustle. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's really important, I think. So on the other side of things, you have strategies on ways that you can be persuasive but without being manipulative with your partner? <laughs> um, I was reading that. I was reading that question. I was like, hmm, you know, you know, the issue with the question, Reese, 
is the language. So I, a lot of times I think, you know, yeah, maybe, you know, as I say this to people, oh, I, I influenced my husband to do to, you know, start working out and eating better. And people may look at that as being manipulative, but that's the language you are using. So, mm-hmm. you know, change that language around. And instead of saying manipulative, say influencing, because when you do start using the language of manipulative, then yes, then maybe you are like being manipulative and you're being, um, you're only looking out for the benefit of you and you're just trying to control your partner. That's yeah, yeah. really not my case. I authentically, like, I will think about a change that we're trying to make. Say we're trying to, um, we just went through this, eat better and um, stave off our, our addiction to bread, pasta, <laughs> rice, right? Like all that stuff that's really, it's really bad for us, okay? So I don't think it's uh, manipulative to, like, influence my husband to stop eating that stuff. Yeah, like, for sure, for sure. he was getting way big. And, like, the same thing can be said for any, like, any positive change that you're trying to make in your relationship, it's never manipulative. You know, that I, I erase that kind of, I don't even use that language. It's never even crossed my mind. It's only crossed my mind because people bring it up to me. Gotcha. Isn't that manipulative? Well, if you look at it that way, but, you know, maybe the way that you're doing it may be manipulative, but I don't think so. I, I lead my husband the way that he would, that I would like to be led by him, which is by example. So, like, I take the example of fitness all the time, you know. Um, I would show him an app that I'm using to track all my shit. Like, hey, this is how much I weigh. I put my stuff in here. I put my food. I I look up everything or whatever. And he was like, oh. And little by little, he would ask me questions and get intrigued and see the the gains that I was making from by barely working out but, you know, changing my diet. And so he got intrigued. And, you know, just by that, I, I led by example. And now he keeps me in check, too. So it's great. That's awesome. Um, Okay, let's shift gears a tiny bit here. Um, So, okay, say that you're working in a career and your spouse or partner is an entrepreneur. Do you have any ways or, like, strategies that you can support them? Um, So, in, in my experience, you know, when I was first switching over and I stopped working corporate and I could no longer contribute financially to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really big stress and we had to work through that. But other than that, I, I found ways to <laughs> quote unquote earn, earn my keep by supporting the business that we already had, um, really diving into the strengths that I had. So I'm, I'm what he calls the loud person of the couple. Like I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not really loud, but okay. He calls it loud. So I go out there, I create mini content on Instagram, I, I post pictures about us, I, um, you know, I do all the, uh, the jabbing, right? I interact with people, I'm, I'm kind of a social butterfly yeah. online. And uh, that in turn helps the transparency of our business. I bring everything that I learn online in this online business world through podcasting, digital media, all that stuff that we're doing that you and I are in. And I bring that to him. He has no idea. He's very, very, he's only like scratched the itty bitty surface with what we do and the, uh, the power of personal branding and transparency. I bring that into our established uh, business so that we can become a better business. Mm-hmm. As well as I cook every damn meal in this house, okay? <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how I do it over here. That's awesome. Oh, I love yeah. cooking too. Um, so you, I think I was reading somewhere that you 
uh, said that you are an introvert. Um, yes. And so do you have tips for other introverts on how they can be more extroverted? Mm, I think, uh, again, it's about the language. You know, it's like I can, I, I call it turning it on. Like I can turn it on for you right now, Reese, <laughs> because, because I want to bring it for you, right? Um, I'm, I'm totally being me, but I'm just a little bit more on. Yeah. So um, like if you met me in person, maybe I'm just a little bit more quieter, you know. But I, I understand that in the space of the online world where you have a screen and a mic um, that separates you from the other person, whoever's watching, you know, consuming your content, you have to be able to turn it on. And by the, the fastest way to turn it on, um, I would say would be by vlogging. Um, before, before I would say, you know, my, my technique before when I, when I didn't vlog was talking to myself in my car straight up. Seriously, that was my therapy time. I would be crying. I'd be listening to Usher and I'd be talking about all the stuff that I wasn't saying because I was too afraid and timid and introverted. And there in my car, when I was commuting to that job, I would practice. Uh, but now it's much more, you can be much more creative with it because now there's, there's vlogging. I mean, there's vlogging, there's been vlogging forever, but like I discovered it, <laughs> I just discovered it. Yeah. And that has been really instrumental in me, like coming out of my shell, being more and more myself. Cause you have to edit your vlog videos, right? And you got to look at yourself like all the time. So you just freaking get over yourself. You're like, Oh my God, same face. And so instead of being self-conscious, like an introvert would be, you're just like, oh, my God, I'm over it. Let's do it. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what happens. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about Meg TV because I personally love your videos. I think they're super great and, like, always insightful. So definitely check them out, people that are listening. And I'll put a link <laughs> below this podcast. But um, how did you start vlogging? Like, what was your experience with the first couple of videos that you shot and edited? Like, you kind of touched on it a second ago and – Personally, I feel super awkward, like looking and listening <laughs> to myself after. Oh something. yeah, and it's just like, ugh. And then, like, especially in your videos, you have all these little bits where you like do funny stuff, and it'll just like yeah. pan to you like doing it. And I'm like, I have no idea how behind the scenes you can do that and just like <laughs> edit your own videos and not feel like really weird about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what we're gonna do, Reese? Like you know, later on, we have some time. We should meet up, and I'll just kind of coach you through everything that I do. But kind of, um, if you're interested, to kind of um, break it down for you, the very first videos that I published were awful, you know, and I think everybody says that the very first time I was awful. And uh, that's fine. You know, like you're, you're getting used to it. You're, um, you're just experimenting at that point. It's funny because I started out with the most high tech equipment. I had like, you know, a super powerful DSLR. I had the lenses because I, it all came from my photography stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my persona, I was just so afraid to be me. And a lot of times if you watch these first videos, they're still there. They're just private. I just keep them there so I can be like, oh my God, I've come so far. <laughs> so <laughs> I was so serious and I never smiled. I didn't know how to like, like, just be personable and friendly. And that's how kind of damaged I was inside. But I still recorded videos anyway until I started to just watch YouTube videos like all over the place and be inspired by other people. And um, I just started to uh, kind of just surround myself with that kind of energy. And in, And then slowly it just kind of came out of me. I started to make videos and the more I made videos, the better they got and the more creative I got with the editing and I found out how to edit. 
Um, and I was watching everybody from Grace Helbig to Amy Schmidauer to Anna Akana to the Hodge twins to Elliot Hulse. Like all these people are incredibly charismatic in front of the, the video camera. And that was my inspiration. I was like, I just I just watched it all the time until I soaked it up until I became comfortable with it. And then I put it in practice. I executed every single day. I would try to make a video. If I didn't like it, then I didn't like it. And I tried again. And that's it. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think like you, one of the great things that I really like about your videos is that you're very authentic in them and it really shines through the screen, so to speak. Um, And you definitely have like your style of charisma, which I love. (laughs) Um, But that's, you totally nailed it on the head. Like if you're feeling uncomfortable, it's really going to show that you're uncomfortable. So (laughs) like getting over it, (laughs) doing it, I think is the biggest thing. But as you said, practice makes perfect, I suppose. Yeah, you just got to keep going. I, you know, I, I really believed in the power of video, and I was really interested. I wanted to do that kind of stuff because, you know, the people that I was admiring, you know, all the people that I mentioned before, um, I'm sure that they're they're also, you know, in some way introverted. Like, there's there's something behind there. Um, they turn it on as well. They They have this kind of, you know... Um, exaggerated them. So you kind of have to do that because you, like I said, you have a screen separating you from you and the audience. And you just have to bring it just a little bit, a little umph, Um, which is great because that's how you can have fun. And that's, that's when it became really fun for me. And now I'm like creating videos freaking all the time. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So where do you get the inspiration for the messages that you spread in your videos? Like, do you have, like, a, a, a book or, like, I don't know, like a Google Doc or something where you're like, oh, i got to talk about this at some point? <laughs> um, everything. Anything and everything. I'm inspired and influenced by everyone who comes into my circle as well as the just experiences in my life. I always try to relate it back to my own life. Everything that I've talked about is usually from my own life, and, and but how I deliver it is through a lot of the influences and the friends and the, the people that I watch online and, and whatever. So um, all that, yeah, that's all just self, like, you know, life experience. That's my life. <laughs> that's awesome. And so yeah. from all of these things, um, I'm sure they've really helped you in kind of figuring out what you like to focus on for your business. And as we were talking about before we started uh, recording, you recently launched a new company. So oh, yeah, yeah. That's about it. So I recently launched Clean Media Productions, and um, I kept I kept wondering, like, you know, I can, I can do all these things with, like, techie stuff, and people keep telling me, hey, you should monetize your techie stuff. Uh, techie stuff meaning, like, I can do, like, digital media art and graphics and Photoshop stuff and video stuff, and as well as, like, headshots, and um, I have a certain style of doing all that stuff. Um And I'm very clear about it on the site. I'm like, if you dig the style, then I can, you know, then we can work together. But if not, if you're looking for the regular templated arms crossed across the the chest and, you know, cheesy smile, then, you know, find somebody else. Um, I'm I'm very much into what, like, you know, how Navid is saying, uh, Navid Mazis, you know, that personal brand and transparency Mm -hmm. and being able to see the human behind the business. I am all about that. And I'm always preaching that to my husband. You know, how can people see the humans behind the business? Because that is what is going to carry us through forever, no matter what, whether we're selling photography or social media branding or whatever, if the personal brand is right, you know, and you come across truly and authentically, you come across 
the page and the screen, then you're all good. You're all good. So I'm, I'm really looking to kind of break that templated, you know, Canva, pick monkey, uh, templated business kind of persona that I see so much now. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. People are completely successful with that. And I'm not downing that, but I, I want to break from that personally and with the people that I work with that they, you know, maybe want to break from that as well. Yeah. It always makes me like personal branding stuff always makes me think about Simon Sinek and like his quote, the people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And just like personalizing your message and really kind of owning what you're good at and what makes you unique is so key in this day and age because there's just so much more competition out there. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So you can help people with that, which is awesome. Yes, I can. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> on a total side note, I'm pretty sure yeah. we use, like, the same font for some of our stuff. Um, mm. Pacifico, do you use it? Ah, uh, Pacifico. I'm trying to break from that, Pacifico. No, it's my new favorite font. <laughs> I'm really into, it. you know, like, the, the serif fonts, uh, cleaner <laughs> fonts, capital fonts, like, all caps. I love yeah. that kind of stuff. I think it's because like, I, I have, like, a masculine kind of eye. It's funny because um, during weddings, I'll shoot, I'll shoot the guys. I don't shoot the girls. So Kevin shoots the girls. I shoot the guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's funny. I love it. All right. <laughs> so I have a couple more questions for you. So um, you are starting your new podcast in the fall as well, which is awesome. Starting yes. a new company, still working with your husband. Like, how do you balance all of these things in the day-to-day and keep your sanity? Oh my goodness. So weddings are every weekend, um, mostly. So every now and again, we'll get a Sunday or a Friday wedding or randomly like Tuesday. And then, um, that's fine because I don't need, I don't edit anymore, any more of the photos. So I show up at the wedding, we do the wedding, I shoot and then I'm done. So, uh, most of our editing, we're working on it. It's being outsourced to, uh, to an editor. I think Kevin handles all that, you know, other stuff. And then on the daily basis, I'm here in front of my computer in front of the messenger, the chat, the Skype, um, doing stuff for my business, making videos. I spend a lot of time making videos, girl. They are time consuming. Like even for like a five minute jam, it's like, I swear to God, like (laughs) hours of editing. Yes. And I've gotten very good at it where I'm like pretty, I'm pretty quick with it so much so that like my, um, there's like this weird muscle in your arm (laughs) that like switches out because you've been editing for freaking 10 hours and I'm like, okay, maybe I need to stop. So um, I make a lot of video and a lot of blogging, and I create a lot of content. And then um, talking to a lot of people, like on Skype and stuff like that, and masterminds and, and all that stuff. And I just, I don't know. There's like a method to the madness. It just happens. And then, you know, by around 6 o'clock, I stop working because I want to spend time with my husband and kind of just chill out and not not burn myself out, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. On that note, do you have any tips for entrepreneurs who are in their 20s that can help them build new habits that will make them more successful or maybe more efficient, I guess, with their time? Most definitely. Well, let me see. Early 20s, I'm going to break it down. Early 20s, you should be experimenting. Okay, you're you're in your early 20s. Let's face it, you're going to fuck around. So just to go, go experiment, have a good time, right? And then in your mid-20s, like, dig in deep, go inside. Like, what's your why statement? Why are you doing what you're doing? Are you happy? Are you excited about what you're doing? Are you taking care of your body? Because, like, when you turn 25, 26, you're like, oh, my God, my back hurts. And then, like, are you taking care of your family, your relationships? And then, like, in your late 20s, like, guy, man, 
um, remind yourself again of those last two and just execute. Move and execute from your heart. Hustle. I love that one. Hustle. Hustle, <laughs> um, That is great advice. So... On the entrepreneurial track, I know that a lot of entrepreneurs have a fe- fear of failure or like some of my girlfriends and I say foffing. I don't know why. It's funny. <laughs> Love your Reeves. Anyways, um, <laughs> so tell us about your experience. Uh, I know you wrote a blog about failing at your first event and getting away with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was just a kind of funny title. And um, overall, I thought it was a complete success because at first – Whenever I, I approach something new and there's this kind of, you know, fear of failure that kind of comes with something new that you're doing, um, I look at things as an experiment. So, again, it's about, you know, that self-talk, the language that you used for yourself. So I looked at it as an experiment and it was a complete success. We, the only thing that we kind of failed upon was like little things like, oh, um, we should have got an actual video person to like film everything. Um, oh, we should have got like more chairs. We should have gave out the thank you cards that I wrote, that I hand wrote. <laughs> uh, we should have had um, like more lighting or something like that or whatever. Like those little things we completely failed at and it kind of made things a little uh, hard in the back end when I was like trying to um, like organize everything and create like a highlight reel and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I was able to meet people. People came out to the event like they had no idea who I was. I had not been interacting at all in the groups or on Facebook or anything like that. They came out. And so that alone is a success. They took time out of their busy days. Most of them live in L.A. Mm -hmm. and they came out to meet me. So uh, other than that, we had like a workshop and a photo shoot. So I had a little bait. But yeah. So I look at everything as an experiment. There is no failure. If you're failing, I when you use that word fail, maybe you're using it as a funny term, like on a meme, like, oh, fail. Yeah. Uh, but I, I eliminate that word from my vocabulary, and I look at everything as an experiment. Did it work out? Maybe not. What did I learn? Okay, move forward. Yeah, somebody told me a statement that really resonated this year, and I try and, I'm, I'm trying to be mindful of it all the time, but... They just said, like, nothing is better or worse, it's just different, because mm-hmm. better or worse is just a matter of perspective, right? So yeah. maybe an event or a business launch or something didn't go as you had planned or anticipated, but it might not be a bad thing. It's just going to set you up for something greater in the future if you choose yeah. to t- take away from it what you want. Yeah, it's, it's always perspective. It's like, okay, you can choose to look at it like everything sucks and only eight people came and you could have got 10 or 12 or whatever and, you know, your pictures didn't come out right. Like all this crap, like it's a waste of time and energy. So I just don't even go there. That's awesome. So uh, sort of on that thread, do you have any tips on how you can give your relationship a checkup? Checkup? Yeah, mm-hmm. I know you like wrote a little bit about – five relationship breakthroughs for every entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. This was so, like, it feels like it's so long ago, but we had to have so many checkups in the beginning because we just, we were very unpracticed as a couple uh, (laughs) who were about to, like, you know, start, you know, uh, their lives together, you know, eternally, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Uh, So one of them was just, like, whenever you feel that itch, 
where it's like, hmm, this conversation is not done. You need a checkup. (laughs) Okay. So uh, a great way to do that is to kind of have that first conversation and be like, um, I would love it if we have, you know, regular checkups where we talk about our relationship, you know, let's leave emotion at the door. Um, I'm never going to blame you for anything, but you know, if, if something's on my mind, I want to feel okay that I can bring it to you. And, and maybe sometimes I'll just be venting and maybe sometimes I'll just need you to listen. Um, but other than that, like, can we, can we do that? Can we do that? Can we have checkups? You know, you got to have that first initial conversation or else your partner's going, damn, we got to talk about it again. What am I doing wrong? Am I, I'm, why am I always wrong? You know, uh, Kevin used to say that to me. Why am I always the one that's wrong? I'm like, no, you're not wrong. I just, you know, I feel like I'm not, I don't feel okay. I don't feel completely like that. We covered everything in this topic. I'm still feeling a little weird. Like physically I can feel it, you know? So, yeah. That's great advice. Um, Okay. My second to last question for you. Uh, (laughs) How do you, I think you coined this term or like use this term somewhere, but how, what would you recommend people that are currently entrepreneurs can do to become entrepreneurs? Mm, Entrepreneurs. Yes. I think, um, uh, what's his name? Anyway, somebody else came with that, came yeah, up with that term. I don't know. Yeah. Basically it's like the people who are like, you know, they're all into this entrepreneur biz. They're, they're reading the content, but they don't execute. They don't execute. And, uh, that was really tough for me to deal with. Um, as far as when I, when I first started like, uh, coaching people, um, you know, they were like all hyped up and they were, they were, you know, jamming with the vibe and all that stuff, but they didn't execute. And if they did, they didn't execute consistently. Mm-hmm. And so in order for you to be an entrepreneur, you need to execute. You need to make decisions and be decisive. Push yourself and experiment. Like, so what if she fails? You just do something else. Like, it's not the end of the world. You're still here. You're still alive. You still have your legs and mm-hmm. your brain and all that Hopefully. stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, go. business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go do something, okay? Like, go execute consistently. And then when you, yeah, when you find out what it is you want to do, you've executed, like, do it consistently. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely talk about consistency a lot um, in my blog posts as of recently and just how it Mm -hmm. will always beat out over perfection, I think, is one thing that I'm really trying to be mindful of and learn as a recovering perfectionist. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been socially trained that, you know, if it's not perfect, it's not good enough. So, like, we have to unlearn everything. And that's the beauty of the entrepreneur because now you work for you. And it's incredibly liberating. So now you say, that's good enough for now. Let's move forward. And if we, you know, need to change something, we change it. Because, you know, in the online world, you just press delete and it's done and you move forward. And that's. People don't realize that. They're like, but I'm afraid to start vlogging because it'll, I'm afraid I'll look stupid. It's like, okay, we'll upload it. And then if you really don't like it, like press delete. Yeah. That's it. You know? But but at least you, you took that, that step. You're never going to build up your blog if you are too afraid to put yourself exactly. out there, right? So, exactly. yeah. Um, well, I think that is all the time we have today. Um, and my final question to you, which I've been asking all of our interviewees, is what is your number one tip for how others can be love noteworthy in their business and lives? Being 
unequivocally, genuinely, authentically you. And it take it that's difficult. You know, that's kind of a, you know, it's not a cop out answer. It's very difficult to be able to shed the layers, the lessons the social conditions that we've all been trained under mm-hmm. in some form of another, whether you're like, you know, freaking uh, Asian and your parents told you to be a doctor, you know, we've all heard that story. Um, or whether you, you grew up in a really, you know, shit situation, you can shed those layers and become just, you know, genuinely you. And I feel like that's what I've kind of transformed. Um, it wasn't somebody I had to become, um, or like a choir, like, you know, this person that's talking in front of you now, it was just being okay with being me. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then running forward, stepping forward and now running and now sprinting being me. And yeah. that's it. That's great. Especially as an entrepreneur, if you want to rule the world, you have to be able to rule your own world first. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. From inside out. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, Megan. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love chatting with you as a fellow podcaster who is going to be launching a new podcast with her husband. Yay! Yay. (laughs) September 16th. Awesome. Um, So I'm going to put all of Megan's information below this chat that we have going on here. And um, I usually do a challenge for our listeners uh, to kind of engage and interact in our comments. So my challenge today for all of the listeners is have you, tell us, have you ever worked with a partner and tell us your number one tips for what has worked and also what hasn't worked um, for the other readers and listeners today. Ooh, that's That's a good good one. one. So we'll be sure to engage and interact with you as well. So that's all the time we have for the Love Noteworthy podcast. Thank you everybody so much for listening. 